Who is God putting around you that you can mother and father and how you can welcome them into your life, even if it's just teaching them how, what healthy food is and teaching them their identity. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening to this Run the Race podcast. We appreciate you choosing us. There's just a ton of choices out there, uh, but uh, we hope to motivate you and inspire you as uh, we're just a few weeks into the new year. Um, In terms of fitness or faith, that's what we talk about on a pretty much weekly basis. And uh, so I've been uh, running some races, got my next marathon coming up in just a few days in Las Vegas. Looking forward to letting you know more about that uh, as uh, the weeks go on and uh, giving you a recap of that. We've got a great um, podcast guest for this episode. She likes to run as well. Uh, She runs a lot because she's now a mother of five, just having her uh, latest baby a few weeks ago, Ellen Chalmers. We're going to talk to her about just the joys and challenges of of motherhood, uh, being uh, not just a faithful mom, but a faithful Christian who goes out and evangelizes, not just in her community, but all across the world, even in the Middle East. And uh, her uh, changing perspective on fitness from when she was, you know, in her 20s to, to now as a woman, um, and also uh, how horses change that, and also, you know, the power of discipling others and uh, what that does in terms of reaching out to others and sharing your knowledge and your wisdom and, and taking that from other people as well. So, uh, and uh, hopefully, you enjoy uh, that conversation. And, you know, we just came out, you know, a couple days ago, uh, we had uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, Dr. King. Uh, is uh, just the epitome of inspiration. And uh, one of my heroes growing up, um, and uh, he's somebody who, you know, teaches uh, just simple things that are revolutionary. Um, He's most well known for his I Have a Dream speech, but there's some quotes he has about love and hate that are, are really powerful as well. He, Martin Luther King Jr. said, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. And he also said this, listen to this one. He says, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. And so a lot of times we just we just don't like somebody. They're getting on our nerves or maybe we hate somebody. Could even be a family member uh, because of what they've done to us and they, they burned us in the past and uh, taken something from us. And uh, But, you know, that hate just grows and grows and grows and um, it, it, it never really can go away until you, you know, have Jesus be a part of it, have love be a part of it. And so I encourage you as we, uh, you know, are starting this new year and uh, to really focus on loving others, loving yourself and uh, loving Jesus. And uh, this podcast, Run the Race, uh, you know, just as a reminder, um, uh, the name comes um, in part from a verse in Hebrews. It's Hebrews uh, 12, 1 through 3. I'm, it's actually just 12, 1, but I'm going to read some of the other part of the verse too because this talks about love and, and, uh, and joy and discipleship that we're going to talk to our guest about. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, it sure does, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And and see what it says here in the next couple of verses. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning and shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So, you know, and it's what Dr. King was talking about, you know, choosing love, not hate, because Jesus could have hated and could have, you know, could have cast down these people that were putting him on the cross. But, you know, he endured that for us. So sometimes you have to endure stuff for other people, for God, for the sake of the world and for, for, for God's kingdom. And so, um, it's some some a powerful verse there in scripture uh, that's important to remember. Now on to my uh, great conversation with a lady who is definitely uh, going to inspire you as well. And we have a great guest with us today, uh, Ellen Chalmers, who uh, 
um, kind of starting off the year with a bang, she just had her fourth child, uh, Baby Jubilee, uh, just about two weeks ago when this podcast comes out. We're down here in Georgia and Alabama now, and I grew up in North Carolina. She grew up even further north than that in Boston, Massachusetts. I don't think she has an accent, though. You know, Boston, I parked my car. Um, but uh, she grew up there, and we're going to talk about how um, faith is maybe different in places um, like that versus you know the Bible Belt where we are now. Um, after high school, uh, she attended Youth with a Mission. Uh, I think it's, is it YWAM? Is that right? Okay. And uh, then finished a four-year degree at the University of Massachusetts. Now, in the summertime, she worked at a Christian summer horse camp in Colorado where she we shared the gospel, she says, through challenge philosophy. We're going to talk to her about that. Uh, she grew up also, you know, fitness was a big part of her life and, and uh, you know, working out and, and horses. And so we're going to talk about that as well. And she's been married to uh, Andrew Chalmers for, I think, later this year. It'll be seven years. Uh, they've been married, and uh, they together lead Take the City, a nonprofit ministry that I was so proud and happy to be on the board for for six years. It, they do some unbelievable outreaches, not only in uh, West Georgia and East Alabama, but really all over the U.S., all over the world. In fact, I got to go uh, with her husband, Andrew Chalmers, to Africa uh, back in 2019. And um, if you take a look back um, on the list on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, wherever you find the Run the Race podcast, way back episode number 15, nearly three years ago, I talked to Andrew Chalmers, who she's been married to for a little while, and the podcast was called Former Heroin Addict Finds New Life with God Running in Africa. And uh, so uh, he talks about his journey. It's, it's a great conversation. I'm looking forward to talking to uh, Ellen now as well. They have five kids, by the way. Landon, who's 15, and uh, Josiah, who's five, Glory, who's three, Summit, who's two, and Baby Jubilee, who's now two weeks old. And uh, congratulations, Ellen, for sure. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Well, tell me about, um, well, first of all, man, that, that you've had... Um, a busy six or seven years since you've been married to Andrew. <laughs> this is all his fault, right? Um, so tell me about, um, for you, um, you know, motherhood. Uh, how important, you know, as as a woman, as a Christian, um, just as a human being, how important uh, is being mom to these kids for you? Yeah, it's um, really important. And um, just being a mom is just such a... It's such a gift, and it's such a sacred gift to have. Um, I think of just how much God lo loves us and how he fathers us and takes care of us and that he asks us to be parents as, um, to children and to grow them up in the ways of him and how much we get to know him <laughs> as being a parent and um, how much we get to know how much he loves us by entrusting us to these little ones and so it's it's just such an honor it's a sacred place it's when you it, in the mundane the in and out it's a lot of hard work but no good thing comes from no not working hard it, it comes from working hard that every good thing comes from and so it's just it's it's wonderful i i definitely am honored to to be a mom and you, so you got emotional when we were talking about that. <laughs> so, so, so tell me about like why for you it's so emotional and, and such a, uh, um, uh, a precious thing for you and for yeah. sure so many other moms. Yeah, it's such a deep place. It's it's so tender um, to think about like <laughs> like the the actual like experience of having a gr growing human inside of you that has all its toes. It's eyelashes it's hair like everything and then on top of it it like god puts a spirit and a soul inside of every human being and that it comes out of you it's just it really is so miraculous and and then he and he trusts you with it and so i think just realizing like just the beauty of life and how much it really is a miracle that we're all like living and breathing like even the other day my five-year-old Josiah he was saying to me he was like without the moon we wouldn't be here and he's totally right like the distance of the moon and how many we only have one moon if we had more than one moon like we would not be here on this earth it, it would be spinning too fast or the seasons would be all off and the tides would be off and the winds would be too quick 
quick. And so it's just, it really is such a miracle that the earth is right in the right place with the perfect conditions and everything. And so just realizing like how precious life is and wanting to live it to the fullest and to live it well for my children and my children's children and how much we are influencing the next and the next generation. Um, it really is a, truly just an honor and such a deep place in my heart that when I start thinking about the capacity and the the weight of the, the responsibility, it's like, whoa, <laughs> like this is so like mind blowing. Like it's just my emotions well up because I don't have wor adequate words to explain it. Yeah, it's definitely a big responsibility. And I know you have been a woman of faith for a long time. And so what has having kids and, you know, having these four and, and one child through marriage, so five kids overall, what does that change for you about faith and, and your perspective on that or in terms of um, what God has revealed to you? Mm -hmm. um, I think since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to be a mom. Um, I definitely hit my early, late teens, early 20s, wanting to explore the world and not settle down. And uh, just, I, I, yeah just was traveling every part like part I could get carefree. and yeah so carefree I, I lived out of my car like it just I lived in so many different places and it was wonderful just to see the nations to see different people to see different cultures um, and then there was like a deep pull inside of me in my mid-20s to late 20s and I was like I really am wanting to get married and 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 yes, to find a husband that I can do life with and to cherish and like just my, our marriage is so wonderful and it's such a gift. But I think it was really like, I really want to hurry up and get married because I want kids. And um, I, I, growing up, I, uh, I, the neighborhood we lived in, we always had kids um, next door and our whole neighborhood was filled with little kids. And I was always out there playing with them as like a nine, 10, 11, 12 year old. And then when I hit babysitting age, I was babysitting every night and I <laughs> racked up the money. Let's say that um, just, I, I was always babysitting. I could, and so just to have my own kids was so special and that the Lord really has taught me so much about his heart for us and how much responsibility he wants us to lean on and not on our own understanding, but truly going to him of like, he's gonna father us so we can father and mother um, from that place of listening to him. Yeah, and how do you balance, you know, um, you know, helping with the things that are the ministry, taking time for yourself, taking time with God and, and being a mother? How do you balance? Because now that you've got like, four kids five and under at home that's uh that's uh, a loud fun but busy <laughs> house right it is but i think finding routines that allow us to find space with the lord and then also that the lord is in the loud he's in the messy he's in the laundry like he's he's everywhere as long as we are turning our hearts towards him and so I think finding peace is a really important for me um, of realizing peace doesn't come from my house being all put together and peace doesn't come from my circumstances looking peaceful, but realizing like my inner peace really comes from the Lord and tuning my heart to him and turning towards him. And Thanksgiving is such a sacred space of just saying, I'm gonna offer up Thanksgiving this morning. I'm gonna offer up Thanksgiving during the day. And even if that's just um, using my heart in wonder of like, wow, like I'm really delighting in my kid right now. And, and like that is Thanksgiving to the Lord. And um, so I think finding those places, we definitely have a rhythm at home where we wake up before the kids and we do our quiet time and we pray together as a couple and individually and we read our Bible. Um, and so I think that is really important. And then uh, we don't do that many screens. And I really like advocate for that as parents um, because our kids, like even though we're trying to like 
and I, I'm guilty of this, like, oh, if I just put on a show, then I'm going to have 20 minutes of silence or an hour of silence from my kids. Like, they won't need me for, the, for that hour. But then we're really robbing ourselves because after you turn off the show, it's really hard to redirect your kids after they've been plugged in to a show for an hour. And then they need me more, they're crying more, the transition is hard. And sometimes it, it can be a little easy, the transitions, but for the most part, I find that if we have decreased our screen levels in our home, our kids are way more apt to play imaginary and they will just play all day and I have to interrupt their play to get them to do something like eat their food or like get in the car like they just are in their imagination like imaginations have grown so much because they're not dependent on being entertained by an outside source and even when we go out to places um they'll just immediately start playing, um, even if they're waiting in the grocery line or the DMV or wherever we are, like they're, they're playing in such a, a deep level of imagination. And so I think that has really helped of not feeling like my kids need me to play and entertain them or they need a screen to entertain them, but because they have developed these natural curiosity and imaginations, our home is really peaceful in a lot of ways um, because they just play with each other. And we've had them close together. They're all a little less than two years apart and they are best friends and they play so well together. And so it it creates a, a place where as a parent, I can escape to a room and um, not all the time, but to to draw close to the Lord if I need just Him and I. Um, but at the same time, learning that skill of communing with the Lord even in the busy, in the chaos, yeah. in, the, in the laundry, and whatever it is. And finding time for a date with your yeah. marriage. And, and, and just finding, <laughs> yes. making an appointment. Yeah, that, right? it's actually been really sweet this year. We've had two 18-year-old girls living with us, and that's just the way w- that we do life of discipling, and we really live an open open door policy and allowing people to have access to our lives. Um, And anyways, these two girls have lived with us since September. And because of that, they, um, we really trust them and they uh, have watched our children once a week for us to have a a weekly date night. And it's been such a sweet gift because (laughs) it is hard finding babysitters all the time that you really can trust. And um, so just to have these two girls, they're so wonderful. So we've been actually able to have our, our weekly date night up to the baby. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> now, uh, having now just had your fourth child and you yeah. five overall, so is ha- are we looking for a certain number or are we, no. we're not done yet? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I feel like it's one of those things with the Lord, like he's going to make it known of like, hey, like all your little people are here um, and we're going to move on to the next chapter of the book. But I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't felt that peace yet of like we're, we're done or we're not done. Um, and so we'll just see. You have 10, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Josiah's rooting for. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I want to talk to you a little bit about faith. Um, you know, we, we talked, I, I mentioned earlier in your introduction that you grew up uh, in, you know, in the Massachusetts area and um, in the Northeast where you were one of maybe just a handful of students who were Christians at your high school. And when you grow up in that environment, you know, it was God kind of, for you, kind of pushing you towards you know, having a focus on the lost mm-hmm. and um, having, you know, maybe a boldness for evangelism and sharing your faith, which can be tough for folks. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you've been, a, some people have been a Christian all their lives, but sharing faith, sharing Jesus with somebody can be awkward mm-hmm. because they like, what are they, what are they going to think I'm crazy or are they going to reject me? So uh, for you, did um, having that where you were maybe in the minority, did that uh, change things for you? I mean, looking back. Oh, definitely. I think our surroundings really shape who we are as adults. And so growing up in a place where I went from kindergarten to 12th grade with the same 80 students, and then when we when we hit ninth grade, there was more kids that came in from two other uh, schools. Um, but I mean, those 80 students, I, I did a lot of life with, and I loved them. Um, I think as God just made me someone that really deeply, truly loved people, even um, before I had 
an understanding of who who God was. Um, I, he just put it in me, and so when I uh, had this realization of how much God loves us um, at 14 years old, and realizing like so many of my my best like my friends around me didn't know the Lord, it was very overwhelming, <laughs> and um, and so I I really like truly loved my neighbors and loved my my friends at school and really wanted them to come to know the Lord and so praying for them a lot and sharing my faith with them when I could um definitely there was lots of opportunities just in classes where we're debating or there's topics coming up and I definitely was not one to sit back and not say anything um I think that was just my personality that the Lord placed in me was it would well up like I couldn't keep silent like Jeremiah like it was a fire in my bones and I couldn't keep silent and so I just remember speaking out very clearly at, at a young age about the Lord and how much he loves us and um and so yeah I I really um it's hard it's hard not to say anything I think for me whereas I think some people are on the other side where it's a lot easier for them not to say anything but I, I guess walking in the fear of the Lord of realizing like <laughs> I'm going to be held accountable for my my life and my words <laughs> and if I don't say anything and he's given me that responsibility of realizing when I have revelations of the Lord and about Jesus and I don't share those revelations when I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying you need to speak up um, I'm going to be held accountable to that and he, he shares gifts with us. God shares revelations with us in order for us to give it to other people. Um, and so I think I just really, I want to live my life in the fear of the Lord, like until I die and go be with the Lord. Like I, that's, that's what I, who I want to fear. I don't want to fear people. I don't want to fear rejection. I don't want to fear, um, fear. <laughs> yeah. I want to fear the Lord and, and living for that audience of one. Yeah, and take the city which you guys lead, that nonprofit ministry. It's been around for at least as a nonprofit seven or eight years. Um, and uh, at the root of that organization is, you know, evangelism, mm -hmm. discipleship, going out and reaching out to, to those, and especially in communities maybe where people maybe feel left behind. And so, you know, what would you say to folks? I mean, what kind of tips or tricks or do you usually tell others about in terms of if they feel like that maybe I'm I feel like I'm shy or I feel like I can't walk up to a stranger or I, I've God, you know, the Holy Spirit tells me to go talk to somebody. I, I feel like um, I, I can't. So mm -hmm. what, what would you say to folks? What would your message be to them about how to do that? Yeah. So I think one big thing is abiding in the Lord. And when we abide in him, when we turn our hearts towards him, when we read his word and we actually pray it into us of saying, God, I want to love the way that you love and help me to understand your love. And you love us with the same love that you have for Jesus. Like the father loves us the same amount of love that he has for his one and only son. And so as we meditate upon those truths and as we ask the Holy Spirit to open and awaken our hearts, then we can love the one in front of us. And I, I just love, I that it's like a slogan from Heidi Baker that is one of my mentors that I don't really know, but <laughs> I, I definitely look up to her life of just stopping for the one and how simple that is of saying like, I'm gonna stop for the one that God has put in front of me and I'm gonna love them with the same love that God has in, that has given to me. Um, and so I think compassion and love, you can't go wrong with. Um, and so I, I think s instead of looking for the mechanics and the ABCs of how to share your faith, I think realizing like it really starts with me abiding in the Lord and receiving from him. Um, and then to, to also learn it from other people that are living it. And so I think that's true discipleship. Jesus called in the 12 um, and he says, follow me, become family with me. And so I think too, we live our lives so um, independent and separated and apart from family that it's really hard to know how to share your faith when you've never experienced it yourself. 
And so I think that's a big thing that we really um, model in our lives is saying, we have open doors, come and be a part of our family, come and be a part of, take the city, come and come and see who we have found. And um, and so I think that's a big thing. If you're really struggling, go get around a community, a culture that is sharing the Lord and, um, and learn from them. And you know, we only have this one life on earth at least. And I mean, it can go by like the blink of an eye. So you wanna use those days, that time wisely, because who knows how long we're gonna be here, 60 years, 90 years, whatever. Um, you know, um, you wanna you know, kind of seize the day in terms of your faith walk and evangelism. And I know obviously Take the City does a lot of stuff in local neighborhoods in Georgia and Alabama and travels to different states. But I, I know you guys have had a chance to go to the Middle East as well. I've gotten to Africa with Andrew. Um, you know, here we're in the Bible Belt. So it's kind of understood that Christianity, church is part of the culture. Right? I mean, and even if you, if you disagree with it, you still kind of have a like, okay, well, it's part of life in Georgia or Alabama. Um, in the Middle East, it's a, it's a different, it's different. And so tell me about what, what you've experienced there and, and how, um, and, and why go to somewhere like that maybe mm-hmm. that has a totally different belief system, I guess. Yeah, I, I think, I, I love Columbus, I love being here. Um, and it's been a whole different experience from the majority of the places that I've, I have lived. Um, being a Christian, I'm usually the minority, but in Columbus, you are part of the majority. And, and because of that, it's easy to kind of fall asleep at, per se at, at, in your Christianity and following the Lord. Um, and real, I think realizing the need when you're in cultures that don't know the Lord, um, there is such a weight that comes and saying, wow, like they, these cultures don't know the Lord. These people, there's millions of them and they don't know the Lord. Um, And so I I think realizing again, when God has given us gifts of revelations of who he is and we just keep it to ourselves, it's wasted. It, It really is. It's like the servant um, who is afraid of his master for being a harsh master and goes and buries his talents. And the Lord is saying, like, you could have put it in the bank and invested it, right? And um, I, so I just I feel like that's the Lord has given Andrew and I so many um, talents and not like talents that way, but like in that parable, what I'm saying is yeah. he has given us revelations of who he is. Yeah. And he's given us the Bible and we have read and studied and and to keep it to ourselves or just to feed other people who could be feeding themselves. I just, I, I can't, it doesn't sit well with me. And I think that's because it's part of my calling, um, part of Andrew's calling in our lives. And so I know other people are totally called to stay in Columbus, Georgia, and that is totally fine. But for our family, I think, um, uh, kind of like Moses, he forsook the to live under Pharaoh's um, palace and kingdom in order to become part of an outcast in order to redeem the people of Israel. Yeah. And um, and so I I would totally forsake the things that God has given us here in order to go and to reap something that is greater that we couldn't reap here yeah. if that makes sense yeah that's everlasting and you were, it made me think about you know how you know it's wasted it's almost like a, a flashlight with no batteries in it it's like there's you can't shine that light so you have to hook up to the source and you have to you know be able to shine that light and when you go to like the Middle East or, or maybe even like you know um, uh, low-income neighborhoods or, or maybe drug-infested areas here in America or, or places that are dangerous in the Middle East. Is there a fear factor? I mean, do you kind of like, you know, man, <laughs> I, I mean, as, I mean, I can't be my, by myself, especially as a woman, or mm-hmm. fear for the family that like, okay, are we safe going to places like this or is it worth it? Do you like, you know, um, is that something you think about as a mom? Yeah, definitely as a mom. Um, 
I was talking to someone, I don't know, a couple years ago just about the things that we do. For example, with Redeem, we go out on Friday nights to Victory Drive and we go to the strip clubs and... Um, this is helping sex trafficking. Uh, yes, human trafficking. yes, we're witnessing. Yes, yes. And um, so if somebody was like, aren't you afraid? Or when we were living in Project Lifehouse, we moved our family. We were the first family to move into one of the houses that was donated to our ministry um, to make a difference in the community. And so we fixed up a house in the inner city and lived there for almost five years. And again we had we were asking others to move in because we were living in a different house that was given to our ministry and and anyways we were looking for someone and everyone was turning them down because they were scared like they were saying this this doesn't seem like a good part of town to live in and um finally we we really felt the lord was saying you need to go um and again i was talking to this person a couple years ago and they were like aren't you scared and i was like no, like I, I don't think I've ever been in a place where I'm like, I'm scared. Like I've been in some definitely shady situations. Um, and there was one time that there was a, a woman being beaten on the top of a head with a cinder block. And I just shouted in the name of Jesus, <laughs> like, like you are going to stop. And I said it in a very serious way with a lot of authority. And he just dropped the cinder block and got into his car um, and drove off. And um it that, that, just, that, takes, that takes boldness. Yeah, no, and I but, think... But, but it's not necessarily from you. I mean, no, it, yeah, and it's not out of fear. Like, it's just out of this, like, realization. Like, we have the authority. Yeah. Like, uh, when it's my neighborhood and that's being... Those violations are happening in my neighborhood, I'm the, responsible. Like, I need to take action and say, no, this is not going to be allowed in my neighborhood. And so we would do lots of prayer walks in our neighborhood. We would be picking up the trash in the neighborhood. We were like, if this place is going to turn around, then we need to be the ones to to show that we care and to um, take a, the authority in that. And so when the Lord has opened that door of saying, this is your domain, then I really do feel like we walk in that authority. Um, and there's places that the Lord has not called me to that I don't have authority to walk in. Um, and so I think just realizing like, what is the domain that he is asking you to walk in? Um, so for us right now, going to Victory Drive and to certain strip clubs and certain motels, he's given us that domain. He's giving us that authority. Um, when he asking us to go to the Middle East, and again, that is um, the Lord has called us and it's not from our doing. And so I think that's one of the realizations, like if he really is calling us with a prophetic message of him interacting with us, then he's going, he's going to either protect us um, and provide for us, um, or it's like he's setting us up to further the kingdom in some kind of way. Yeah, yeah, something to do it in a powerful way. And, you know, in, in talking about sharing the gospel, you were telling me before that um, you learned, you know, uh, when you were younger at um, a Christian horse camp uh, about sharing the gospel with uh, through a challenge philosophy. So tell me about yeah. what, what, what that is, because that that's, sounds intriguing. <laughs> yeah, I love this, uh, this camp that I worked at. I worked there for a long time, and um, they had other uh, camps, uh, so there was rock climbing and rappelling, and the kids would do would hike a fourteen thousand foot mountain. Um, now you were a counselor. I was a counselor. counselor. Yeah, so I was there from two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen, and I loved it. And so, what challenge philosophy is saying is these kids are coming not to be entertained, but they're signing up to do hard things, and such as climbing a fourteen thousand foot mountain and rappelling off a 200 yard cliff ledge like they're going down deep like it's it's um really really challenging things that adults would would kind of struggle with some yeah. some adults we're not playing hopscotch. no <laughs> and they're eight nine ten years old yeah. some of them and uh, we had a high school program too but so my my job was in the horse um was a horse wrangler. So we had like a herd of 60 horses and it was on a 400 uh, acre property. And we uh, would pull in the horses every day and um, saddle them up. And there was campers that would come and just learn how to ride and for a little bit of the day. And then there was campers that were there just for the horses. And then we did family camp. And then um, there was 
times where we would take them on pack trips, which is you pack up the horses, you go off into the middle of the mountains, you would uh, camp out, and sometimes you would go to multiple locations for multiple nights and then come back. Um, and this is during thunderstorms, rain, like hail, we've been in hail. And, and so when you're cold and you're wet and it's saying, okay, am I gonna have a good attitude or am I gonna start whining and complaining? Um, and this is for the counselors too, but what you, what you discover is that people, when you challenge them, they will usually rise to the occasion. Even little kids, they'll rise to the occasion of saying, we can do it. Like, and it's, it's so fun to see kids say, wow, like I actually accomplished something this summer and I feel proud of that. And, um, and two, when you're, when you're doing something hard, it's easy to turn to the Lord and say, okay, am I going to try to find my strength from myself? Um, or am I going to ask the Lord to help me go through something challenging? And am I going to give my fear over to him and trust that he's provided ropes or a counselor to walk me through something difficult because your survival instincts kick in i mean mm -hmm. like you're out there so it's like you got to get back somehow or yeah. you got to stay there and survive right somehow. trust becomes very practical instead of this abstract idea yeah that you it's actually something you're not just reading in a book you know or mm -hmm. you're actually experiencing it for yourself and you were telling me as well that like horses are a big part of for you of of you know uh, an active athletic you know uh, childhood growing up and and um, you know now your fitness you were telling me looks you know you have YouTube workouts playing with your kids very busy as a mom obviously and, and everything else and keeping your house going so um, but but you were also telling me how fitness for you your perspective on that has changed and I'm not sure if something like a, if you had a moment where it kind of clicked because a lot of times you know especially we're in the new year now a lot of people making quote resolutions and they want to lose weight and they want to look better and they want to you know look nice for going to the beach or whatever else and it's you know kind of appearances are, are a big part of it um, but for you I guess has thing are things changed in terms of why you want to be fit oh for sure yeah when I was probably 18 19 late teens early 20s I really struggled um, just with my appearance and um, just wanting to stay a certain size and um, uh, for most young women, their bodies are are changing and uh, just trying to figure out who they are. And um, so I think it's a natural like season that young women enter into of just saying, who am I? And you see the world around you, you see the people, your friends and what they look like. And, and then you're also trying to figure out dating and getting married and oh, what do, like, what does this all look like? And so I, I think it was a really, um, a season in my life where I really was uh, comparing myself and sizing myself to others and wanting to be um, pretty and that it's not bad but it was my one of my main goals and um, of wanting to look a certain way and um, and so much of my content being content or my attitude of the day was based upon um, how I felt about myself. And if I if I didn't like who I was that day, then I feel like I was a lot more self-conscious and maybe a little bit more snarky or snippety. Um, and, and so I think realizing, especially when you become a mom, your body is constantly changing. I mean, yeah. for the past oh, seven years, I, my body has been um, being used by somebody else uh, if it's breastfeeding <laughs> or <laughs> yes and um, or just growing a human sustaining a human and so I, I think realizing um, that I just want to be strong like I want to be able to have energy and to be able to play with my kids and not just make it through the day or just feel like I need to take a nap and so I know for me getting moving and going and having those endorphins it really um, makes the day so much more enjoyable and then also just to be able to pick up my two-year-old who's 20 something pounds and not feel like my back is breaking but just like I could throw her around and it, it's great like it, I just love being strong and fit and so I really do think it it, my mind shift has, it's not about what my appearance looks like, but really about this, um, just wanting to enjoy life. And, and two, just to have so much gratitude too, of my body is able to do these things. Like there are so many people's bodies that 
can't bear uh, children. And yeah. it just it's just saying, wow, why would I be so critical of a body that can bring life and sustain life? And so I just feel like a lot of my criticism for myself has just disappeared um, by the grace of God and <laughs> his, his goodness in my life when I was kind of being not a kind of a knucklehead of a 20 something year old um, of just being critical of of my body and um, so yeah just I think really thankful yeah and people you know maybe they're listening their mothers or fathers that have young children like you you know so how how do you do it in terms of you know obviously you want to you have to find the time but is it for you more about um, trying to you know work out on a regular basis a few times a week or walk or is it a matter of okay I want to eat you know, uh, I want to enjoy what I eat, but I also need to kind of like, you know, kind of eat things that are going to not make me, you know, be, you know. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So that's a great question. I would say, yeah, I, I try to work out every day, even if that's um, getting outside and raking the yard. We have tons of leaves. And so it's like, okay, like I'm seven months pregnant, eight months pregnant, and I'm raking my whole entire yard. And we have a blower. Like I could t easily blow the yard, but I was like, no, I would rather enjoy the sunshine, enjoy my kids while they're playing outside and rake the yard and get a good workout. And it's a free workout. Yeah, it's a free workout. And my yard looks great afterwards. And so... Um, just finding things like that of doing YouTube in the morning and some my kids we find YouTube videos for them to to work out to there's yes there's some great ones out there for kids and they love it and they're jumping around and bouncing and um and then we try to go on walks and bike rides and um my husband's very active too so that helps a lot so we can do things together um and then for food i i grew up eating very clean because my family just that's what they provided so i from a young age had a palate for healthy food and so i don't think that was ever really hard for me um figuring out what is healthy and what is not and unfortunately there's lots of people that don't know what healthy food is um or they've they haven't created a taste um, for it. And so what we put in our body is, a, is what we're going to crave. And so I think even just having an education, um, educating yourself on healthy foods and what that is and saying, okay, I'm not buying the junk and I'm going to buy the healthy food and just, just try it. And, and there's so many good uh, recipes out there that people can look up and so just it really is like an act of discipline of saying I'm gonna buy the good stuff and not the bad and create um, yummy food around that and your cravings will start changing yeah and maybe some people you know uh, want to grow their own food I know that mm -hmm. where you guys used to live uh, just a couple blocks down you had your own the, the, a garden that was kind of a community garden which uh, I mean that's you know I mean, fruits and vegetables a very healthy way to, to, to yes. get full as well right? yes yeah and it was really neat living in that neighborhood because we had a bunch of kids again open door policy our door was always unlocked and there was kids every moment of the day coming in and out in and out in and out and so and it was for you, right? yes it was super fun it was such a sweet season and we would grow the food and then we would bring it to our kitchen and we would prepare it with them so we were showing them how to cook um we had uh, uh over coat or right before covid it must have been um we had a big season of um peppers and so we pickled peppers with the kids and that was so fun just to watch them go through the canning experience and then to, for them to actually try the they were kind of spicy peppers um and so yeah it just so neat like a lot of them when we first moved there didn't know what most vegetables were even their what they were called let alone had they ever eaten one and so we got to really make some yummy food with them and they would experience and try it and um so yeah, super fun. Yeah, and that's kind of a, a form of discipleship. You're helping the younger generation um, to learn about skills and about healthy things, and this is, comes from God. And this is so. And, and you were talking earlier about discipling others. I think I've seen you post 
you know, on Instagram or Facebook about, you know, um, young women, like this group for, of 18 to 25 year olds that you kind of really kind of uh, invest time and effort into. So f- how important is that for you and maybe for all of us to do to like, you know, whether whatever age we are, but especially as we get older, we've had these experiences, we have some wisdom in, in the areas of faith or whatever to, to pass that on to those that are coming after us. Yeah, it's so important and we need it. We need to honor the people in front of us and receive from them and have hearts where we say we don't know it all and we I I want to receive what what you carry and um and so yeah, Paul even says it himself. There's lots of teachers, but there's not enough mothers and fathers. And so I think realizing who is God putting around you that you can mother and father and how you can welcome them into your life, even if it's just teaching them how what healthy food is and uh, teaching them their identity of where they came from and um, or teaching them about motherhood and what it, what does it look like as a young woman to to start becoming a mother and um, and the cool thing is that I don't think motherhood is just a, a stagnant thing like it's not or it's not static it's not just oh you're a mother now so you know it all it's it's dynamic it's it's constantly you're growing you're changing um the mother that i was seven years ago or six years ago is different than today and so i think that's the really cool thing of being a human is that we are dynamic we're constantly changing and um growing and so if we have a place where our heart is teachable and we're learning from others, I think realizing, um, God, who is who are the people in my life that are hungry to want to be in a discipleship, um, mother to child or friend to friend type of dynamic where they can learn alongside me. And some people are open to receive that and some people are not right um, and I know that like take the city somewhat recently has developed a harvest equipping school and, and really trying to um, you know hone in on you know teaching specific things and you've been a part of that so uh, tell me about that program and uh, what you guys do in terms of you know what are you I guess how or what are you equipping people to do exactly uh, to live a lifestyle that looks like Jesus that's what we're what we're doing it it allows um, people who may have grown up in church um, may have a lot of knowledge or experience with being a Christian, but they um, don't. Well, they, people, yeah, a lot of people do church. Yeah, they but they don't know how to live it out. Right. And and it's not like oh we put on a face to be who we are when we're in different spheres of our life. Like no who who you see I am is who I am like no matter where I am I am who I am and I'm not going to change it if I'm going on a missions trip or going to church or going to the baseball field like no it's it's you get what you get and (laughs) and I think that's the way God wants it like he wants us to be who we really are and and no matter where we are and so I think this the Harvest Discipleship School um, the equipping school, it allows people to experience the Lord and to read the scriptures and to study them and to receive from other teachers and then to actually go out and be activated and to go out and do outreach, to ride the bus and talk to strangers, to pray for people. Um, it's We give them a lot of opportunities. Um, at just We have a clothing closet and so we have women that are coming in daily to receive clothes but also prayer and um the other day one of the 18 year old girls who's in the school she was saying that she gave her bible away and that was like a really precious bible she's an artist and so she does a lot of her notes in a way that is super artistic and just takes a lot of time and this um this young lady that came into the clothing closet she just had been through a lot and was just saying how she really needed a bible and um how she feels like People don't really, she doesn't belong anywhere. She doesn't really have any friends. And the the girl started praying for her. And she, this young lady who's um, doing our school, she just really felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to give your Bible away. And she was like, no, no, God, I don't really <laughs> want to. And he's like, no, I want you to do it. And yeah. so she did. And she just, she said it was such a, 
such a joy to be able to give. And that's what Jesus says. He says it's better to give than it is to receive. And so when we realize that and when we have opportunities to hear from the Lord and actually obey him and act it out, it's such a rush of adrenaline of like, whoa, like I was able to to be like, to do what God has called me to and like to be able to give something so valuable to somebody else and to say, wow, God, I'm, I, I was able to do that and I'm not bound by holding on to something, holding on to money, holding on to our possessions, holding on to something, but I'm, I'm able to live open-handedly and I'm able to give something away and just the freedom you feel when you experience that. So our school really is about equipping them, but then giving them experiences to actually walk out what they just learned. Yeah, well, I think you guys are doing a fantastic job, and, and, and obviously prayer is a, you know, at the center of you know, your house, the ministry, a lot of things that you do, and we, um, we, we close this podcast episode, all the episodes in prayer, and I'd love for you to, to pray us out. That would be great. Okay. Father God, thank you so much for this moment of time where we get to um, just talk about you and to share. And Father, I pray for any of the listeners. God, I pray for your Father love just to saturate them, to overwhelm them. Even as I just got to um, share about motherhood and just what the joy and um, just the yeah, just the the Thanksgiving that I have of being a mother. I just I just pray for that revelation of um, just how much you love the people that are listening and that your father love would just saturate them God and that they would also experience that same love for others God that we can't um, witness to people if we don't first love them and so God I just pray that you would open up our hearts to love more deeply um, the people around us and that we would um, just be compelled to live our lives for you and to open our our lives up um, to invite people in and to love them with the same love that you love us and so god i just thank you for um this podcast and just bless jason and um, bless the listeners that are listening in jesus name amen 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 you and andrew are prayer warriors we look to you guys for a lot of things and and um, you know, you wrote on here uh, too, and when, when, you, when you sent me some information about yourself, about uh, related to the challenge philosophy, faith is only grown through challenge and trusting in the Lord. Such an important, valuable lesson that, like, we a lot, a lot of times we go through fires, we have mountaintops, we have valleys, and no, we don't know how long those valleys are going to last. But but think you, you will come out of those, and God will be there, kind of holding you all the way, and and uh, we will be praying for you and your family as you journey to the Middle East or wherever you go and and uh, to protect you guys and give you a sense of, of boldness and uh, and opportunities I mean to open doors open windows that maybe don't ever get opened or you know and and uh, so we wish you guys all the best and and, uh, and hopefully you get some sleep in the meantime as a mom you deserve that so. <laughs> thanks Jason <laughs> thanks so much